Well, hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Nate. I'm the lead pastor here. I live, I, I, and you may have heard me say this, but I live by this axiom or this principle. And uh, I, I probably said it in church before. I don't really remember, but I know I say it kind of in meetings all the time. And it's this. We do everything we can in the natural, and we believe that God will add the super to it. And what that means is, we do everything we can in the natural, uh, everything we can do to prepare and get things ready, and we we'll believe that God is going to do something supernatural. And, uh, and so that affects our, us and our church in all kinds of different ways. And let me just define that in a, in a, for a second. Supernatural is um, something that happens is beyond scientific uh, understanding or, or beyond the laws of nature. So we believe we do everything we can to prepare and get ready, and then God does something that we never, ever could. In our, in our church, we see this in all kinds of different ways, you know, just in a Sunday morning service, in, a, in, the, in everything we do for the church for, for the year. We're planning, we're preparing, we're executing and getting things done, and then we're believing that God is going to add the super to all of those things, that he's going to give favor, he's going to bless, he's going to pour out his spirit, and he's going to do uh, all of those things and, and really believing and knowing that if he doesn't do any of those things, if he doesn't add the super to what we're doing, there's no point in us being here. We don't need to just get together to, to, to have some religious services. We need God to move in all of our circles, in all of our meetings, in all of our services, in all of our locations. We are believing, you know, um, at the end of our service every week, we have people up front who will pray with you, and, and they do some things in the natural. You know, they lay their hands on you. They may hold your hand or put a hand on your shoulder or put a hand on your head, and then they uh, sometimes anoint you with oil, and it's something that, that's talked about in the Bible, and then they'll, they'll pray, which is something that happens in the natural. They're just using their words. And in those three things that they're doing in the natural, we're believing that God will add the super to that moment. And I'm just saying a prayer to say a prayer. We're believing that God will do something powerful, something miraculous, something, something supernatural right there. And if you're someone and you, you come forward, we're believing that, that as they've done something in the natural, that God will then lift that burden off your life. Or if you're coming forward and you need a healing, that in that moment, God will do a miracle and he will cure and remove that disease that's in your life. If you're coming forward and there's just a, a, a sin that has just been um, uh, wrecking your life, that in that moment he'll um, do something supernatural and take away, that, uh, take away that root or that bondage in your life. We're doing things in the natural, believing God will do the supernatural. Even in these moments every week when we open up God's word and, and myself or one of the other pastors, when we're preaching a message, we put a lot of um, a lot of time every week into our series and what we're going to preach throughout the year, uh, into every week, you, you know, studying and trying to make sure that as we talk about God's Word, we're talking about it accurately. We're not just saying something that maybe is um, what the culture believes, but that's what God intended through His Word. And so as we pray, as we, as we tell stories, as we tell jokes, as we laugh, um, that God in these moments will speak to you. That God in these moments will convict you. That God in these moments will encourage you. 
And you won't just hear from me, but in these moments, you will hear from God and he will do something in your life that he will take just these next few minutes and do something supernatural with it. Another way of kind of saying this, uh, another pastor, Mark Batterson, he's a pastor and author, he says this, he says, uh, work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. And it's the same kind of idea. You're doing what you can, doing what only you can, and then believing that God will do what only he can. But I say most of us are, we, we kind of stop short of seeing God do the supernatural because we just, either we just don't think of it or we're just trying to do it all ourselves. And you know you're trying to do it all yourself if you're working like it depends on you and you're not praying because then you're not praying like it depends on God. You're acting and, and like, like you're the only one who can do it. And I know this, that in the days ahead for our church, you know, just next week and in the months and decades to come, that there is nothing that we're going to experience as a church that is going to be because of my preaching. Like I don't preach well enough for, uh, for the church to grow and for... Uh, people's lives to be changed. Oh, Jesus has to do something. Our pastoral staff and our staff at the church are great, gifted leaders, but we're not gifted enough to. Uh, we're not gifted enough to to accomplish and do everything that God wants to do in the days ahead. And then even you, as as people who who are part of the church, like you're not a, a good enough Christian. You don't know enough, and you don't. Uh, you don't have your life perfect enough that just you being you is going to allow God to move throughout all of our services and all of our locations and, and, and affect all the people in our communities. We need Jesus. We need God to be here, to be amongst us and to do what only he can do. We can't do it without him, and, and nor should we want to. He's got, he's got great things for us and He's going to do such amazing things in the days ahead that we're all going to know it's only him. It's only him who could have done it, and it's only he who did it. Today, we're in between series, and last week we were finished up our launch series, and next week we're starting up our anthem series. And anthem series is going to be a lot of fun, and just, just encourage you to invite people um, I, I, you, to try to invite people to Londonderry. If you know people down there, I've got some family who live down there, and, and I'm inviting them to come next week and, and inviting people here. Uh, the Anthem series is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we take a song that's on the Billboard Hot 100, a song that everybody's listening to, um, and, uh, and then compare that with a song that is written in the Bible. And one of the, the song we're doing next week is a song by Panic at the Disco. And one of the lines is it said, one of the lines in the songs says, I swear to God, I'm never going to repent. And he's just saying, he's saying, I'm, I, you know, I'm living for Saturday night. I'm not living for Sunday mornings anymore, which is going to be interesting, which is an interesting thought. And we'll look next week. You know what? There is something good that you're missing out on. Something good. The goodness of God that you're missing out on when you say, yeah, I'm just going to live to have fun and, and I don't want to have anything to do with God. You know, you're missing out on the best parts of life and the best parts of existence. We're going to be talking about that next week. Today, as we're in between two series, and I've got this one Sunday, I just wanted to 
do something just a little bit different than we, than we do. I want us to kind of reset as individuals, reset as a church, and, um, and to just kind of take a moment and establish some truth and remind ourselves of some truth today. And in talking, to, you know, one of the main things is that God is supernatural. He's not, he's not just some, uh, it's not just the stories of some antique, you know, some antique pieces of paper from days gone by. It's not just some religious practices that we do. God is something much greater than that, that we can experience him to even greater than we already have or, or that we are experiencing him. That's the, the first thing. God is supernatural. And I, I, I talked I, and I defined that, that God is beyond scientific understanding and beyond the laws of nature. That God out and, and supersedes all of that. He's beyond those scopes. He's beyond what we understand scientifically. And he's beyond any laws of nature that we could ever understand. He is greater and bigger than all of those things. In Psalm chapter 8, you can go ahead and turn there. We're going to be in a few different places in the scripture today, so we'll have the, the words on the screen for you. And uh, the, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not familiar with the Bible, you don't know exactly where to find everything. If you go at the very beginning to the table of contents, when I say Psalm or Romans, it'll just tell you what page it is, and you can get over there a little bit faster to try to keep up. I encourage you to try to do that. It'll be worth it. And if you've got a pen, you can kind of underline some things that's God is um, uh, showing stuff to you and, uh, as you're learning more about who he is and what he's like. What we're going to see here in Psalm uh, chapter 8 is that God exists beyond our limits and beyond our understanding. The psalmist wrote, When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? human beings that you should care for them. Think about how great God is, how powerful God is, how expansive God is, and then we realize our place in, in this grand uh, expanse of the universe and how tiny we are amidst all of that, but yet God cares for us. And not just like collective human population, God cares for you. He knows you. He knows where you are. He knows every detail of your life. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't ignored you. He, you know, and he's not going to abandon you. As big as everything is, and I love what the psalmist wrote here, that, uh, that you know, of all the stars in the sky, he is the one who set them in their place. And that sounds poetic and lovely, but really, uh, God being the creator of the heavens and the earth, our ever-expanding universe, he placed all those stars there. It's a lot bigger. God is a lot bigger and more powerful than we, than we just uh, believe on a day-to-day -day basis or that we understand on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, in the lot series, we talked a lot about uh, space and NASA, and it was good. Now I ended up with one illustration that I never got to use, so I'm going to use it now because it fits in good. Um, in 1977, NASA launched the Voyager 2, and then a couple of days later, they launched the Voyager 1, and it was a couple of uh, um, really telescopes that were going to go and take, take a bunch of pictures. And uh, Voyager 1 ended up on a, well, they, they shot on a trajectory to take 
pictures, the closest pictures ever taken of Jupiter and then of Saturn. And then uh, they were hoping to, and I'm going to use the pronunciation they used in the documentary, to take pictures of Uranus. Now, I assume they obviously changed the um, the uh, pronunciation. I've never heard it pronounced like that before, but they didn't want people giggling like middle school boys at their documentary. So uh, we'll pronounce it that way as well. And uh, so the Voyager 1, it's off. It takes a number of months. It gets to Jupiter. It takes the most beautiful pictures they've ever seen. Up until that point, the only thing they had were some blurry images of a dot. And so here they are now with these amazing pictures, travels past Saturn. They're getting pictures of, of the rings and just, you know, their minds were blown. They, they went to Neptune. Then they uh, ended up getting pictures of Uranus. And so they, they were just blown away at the pictures that they, they were able to take. So the satellite then shoots off. Um, uh, it's not able to travel anymore, and it goes off now on its course. And they just begin wondering what will happen. And it's still able to track it, and uh, they're still in communication with it. And so what happens, uh, they launched it in 1977. Uh, uh, 38 years later, after they launched it, it crosses out of our solar system. So they launched it. It is traveling at 38,000 miles per hour. So in the time that I say this sentence, it's already traveled 100 more miles. It's traveling 38,000 miles per hour, and it's taken it 38 years to travel outside of our solar system. And our solar system is within the Milky Way galaxy, and obviously there's other galaxies. So now that it's finally, it's taken 38 years to cross out of our solar system, it will be, you know, it's, it's headed toward another star. It will be, it'll take 40,000 years to get to the closest star to us within our galaxy. We begin to realize the universe is much bigger than we realize, but God is much bigger than all of that. He's much bigger than that. He's not limited in any way by our understanding or our ability to travel. He's not limited at all. He is, in fact, the creator of our limits. Whether they're uh, earthly limits or galactic limits or, uh, or spiritual limits, God is able to, to, uh, to travel amongst those limits. He's able to quickly move amongst those areas, and he's able to simultaneously move in all of those areas. So from the, you know, from the furthest places of the, of the galaxy, God is there to being here in our service, to being in Londonderry, that God is everywhere at once and he's able to move simultaneously at once and he's able to, to, to move infinite, uh, infinitely at all places. We don't ever have to be in a place where we're like, God, I need you to move and we have to wait for him to come to us. As we look at our life, and we as humans experience all kinds of limitations, uh, the limitations we experience in our life, they're not limitations for God to move in our life. Now, maybe you think, um, you know, I just need God to move in my life, but I've got all these problems, and there's no way, you just think there's no way he can, he can move. I need to... Um, I need to have a, a reconciliation in my marriage, but there's no way God's going to be able to move past the, a hard heart. I need, I want to pursue God, but I've got this sin that I can't get past, and you don't think God can move past it. I have this, uh, I have this illness, and I thought 
I thought God had called me to this, but now I've got this illness that is going to stop me. And all of these barriers and all these limitations in our life arise. And we've got to remember, because God is supernatural, he is able to just easily cross over any barrier. He's able to easily move in our life. He's, he's not limited by any of the barriers that we're limited by. I saw this YouTube video a couple months ago, and I thought it was fitting for today. And so I'll show it to you in a second. But as we watch this, I want you to, to, uh, for it to be symbolic of God. So the guy in the video is going to be, uh, he's going to represent God. And the fence in the video is going to be uh, representative of all the different barriers we face in our life, all the limitations we face in our life. And so as we watch this, you see how does God handle our limitations and the limitations we have. Watch this. Not only is God able to move past the barriers in our life, but he's able to do it with grace, with style, with ease. Like There's nothing in your life that's standing in the way between him wanting to do something. And you think, well, I have in my heart, I want to be generous, but, you know, I'm held back by my employer. I'm held back by my wallet. Listen, God is not limited by your employer. You think, well, I, you know, I just feel God calling me to do, to do this, but, you know, I just get tired so easily. And listen, God is not limited by that. You, you, you know, and um, you, you're wanting to move forward in these areas, but you just see all these things standing in your way. Listen, God is not afraid of any of those things. And if he's calling you to do something, he will uh, easily bring you past it. And if you're believing God for a miracle... Maybe you've got a sickness and, and the doctors are saying, listen, sorry, there's no hope for you. Uh, we've never in the history of humanity been able to cure this. God is not afraid by that. He is still able to do something. He's still able to move. So in your life, whether it's sickness, sorrow, sadness, poverty, uh, uh, sin, God is able to bring healing. God is able to bring forgiveness. God is able to bring salvation. God is able to transform. God is able to provide. God is able to do miracles. Why? Because he is a supernatural God. He's supernatural. One of the ways we express this at our church, one of our core values, our God is able. We don't ever want to forget that. Because if God's not able to do it, we're hopeless. But if we remember who he is and what he does, then we can keep on going. Not only, though, is God supernatural, but we don't want to, uh, we don't want to forget this, is uh, his word is supernatural. Hebrews chapter 4, I'll let you turn there. Um, 
we look at the Bible, we look at his word as a, as a collection of writings, but it is much, uh, it is much more than that. And we think like, I don't want to read it. What does it matter? Um, sometimes we think it's boring. Sometimes we think we don't understand it. Um, sometimes we think, well, I'm not a reader. And so we, you know, we're, we're not reading it. We're not opening it. Um, we don't even know where it is. But if we can remember that his word's supernatural, uh, there's an importance to his word for us. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So when you do something in the natural, reading the Bible... Whether that's a chapter a day or 15 minutes a day or, or you're reading, you know, you're on a uh, one-year Bible reading plan and you're reading like 10 chapters a day. What happens when you're doing something in the natural, reading the Word? God does something supernatural and His Word does something supernatural. So you're just reading it every day, but He's directing you through His Word and through His writings. The, the, the Bible says that his word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. And as you're reading it every day, not even aware of it happening, God is bringing you the direction he wants you to go on. As you read the Bible every day, he's transforming you through that. And as you're doing that every day, something supernatural is happening. You're being transformed into a new person. As you Read it every day as you're just in the natural reading it. Then he does something supernatural and he speaks to you through the words on the page. And some of you have experienced this before because you read a Bible verse that you've read your entire life and that you've known about your entire life. But this one time when you read it, all of a sudden it seems to jump out off the page at you and you have an emotional response to a verse that you heard a thousand times before. And you realize that God is speaking to you through his word, and he's changing you through his word, and so you recognize that, and you're able to, um, and you're experiencing something supernatural. And then uh, another way that we see his word as supernatural is as you read it, you can see God through, the, through, the, through his word. One scholar says that as you read the Bible, you're able to behold God. It's not like you just get an image of him, but you're in awe of who he is. As you read about Jesus, and I don't know who you are, but, but as you read about Jesus for the first time in your life, first time reading the Bible, reading about Jesus, you're just in awe. Like he, is, he is much greater than I could ever have understood after so many years of going to church. And as you read the Bible, it begins to show you and shape you how much he has love for you and how much he cares for you. One of my friends, um, uh, a couple years ago, I was trying to get him to read the Bible, and he credits me, and he says, you getting me to read the Bible is one of the reasons I'm an atheist now. So I'm like, I think you missed, I think you missed my objective here. But what happened is he began to read the Bible for the first time in his life, and he began to see things that he didn't like, and he began to see things that he thought um, showed him, uh, showed, him um, uh, showed him God that he didn't want to have anything to do with. But the problem was he quit reading. And when you're reading the Bible, 
and there's things in there that are difficult, and there's things in there that we, that we don't always understand, and there's things in there that are challenging for us, but you're reading it with the understanding of, all right, now, Jesus. And then when Jesus comes, the Bible says Jesus is the Word in flesh. And so we're beginning to see now who God is and what God's like and what his word's like by watching Jesus and how he interacts with us and by listening to Jesus and the things that he says. And what my friend didn't do when he understand, when he's seeing all these complexities of God was getting to the point where, where it came to, oh, that's why Jesus had to come. That's why we need Jesus. That is why Jesus is the center of everything for the church. As you read the word and as you continue to study and learn and grow and be a part of a circle, as you do that, you begin to understand and see him in your life. Jesus being the word in flesh, you know, one thing that that does for us is we think about God being everywhere at once. Jesus is, um, Jesus is showing us what it will be like to be with God. Now, God is supernatural. His word is supernatural. But here's the last thing I want us to remember and to learn today. His church is supernatural. And that's us. It's every person who's made a decision at some point in their life to give their heart to Jesus to uh, confess their sins to him and to ask him to be their savior. You made a decision, Jesus, I am following you. When you've done that, you've made that decision, you are part of the church. And so church isn't a building, it is us, you and I, as followers of him who are that. Sometimes people wrongly think that to access the power of God or a miracle of God, you must go through these religious rituals. So sometimes something you'll see in the movies and that people still do is like, I need a miracle from God, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go light some candles. And, and, and they're trying to do something to get God to move. Uh, in 2012 in Mumbai, India, there was uh, occasionally these... Uh, uh, sometimes you'll hear of these supernatural phenomenon happening. And so there was one that they recorded in Mumbai, India. So there was a statue of Jesus outside of this church. And what they believed was happening is that uh, holy water was coming out of the statue. And you can read about this and Google it because it was, um, there was a, a number of articles about it. And so people begin to hear of this statue and the supernatural phenomenon that was happening. So people begin to travel to it. They were collecting the water, bringing it back to their villages, believing that in the water uh, was, uh, if they could take the water, then they would be able to do a miracle. So if they had a sick relative, they would travel to get the water to bring it back to put it on their sick relative. Well, and this is true. Um, after further investigation, what they found out is that the water was coming from a clogged drain line from a restroom that was on the other side of the wall. So here are people so desperate for a miracle that, uh, you, you know, that any kind of occurrence they were just grasping onto. Listen, we don't need, uh, we don't need a, a statue to, uh, to weep water or olive oil or, or anything else because we as his church are supernatural. And there's one huge verse f 
for us. It's in Romans chapter 8. It's in verse number 11. What I want us to see is that the power of God is not in a religious ritual, but it's in his people, in his church. Verse number 11, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead... Let me stop there. Jesus was executed on a cross. He was buried for three days, and the Spirit of God woke him again. That Spirit of God that rose Jesus from the dead, continue reading, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. The supernatural, miraculous resurrection power of Jesus is in you the moment you believe and follow him. Every single one of you who says, I've given my life to Jesus, I've confessed my sin to him, I've asked him to be my Lord and my Savior, and I've made a decision to follow him. The moment you do that, then the Spirit of God, the same Spirit of God that rose Christ from the grave, as powerful as that was, indwells you and is within you. Wherever you go, wherever you find yourself, the Spirit of God is within you. And it's a pretty uh, amazing thing because, uh, and a powerful thing because if we're in a moment of crisis and we would say, uh, and we would, you know, cry out to God, God, I need your help. I need a miracle. I need you to move. I need you to move on behalf of this situation. I need you to give me the power to speak to my friend. We don't have to wait for him to travel 40,000 years from the closest star where he happened to be on vacation to get back to us, to take care of us. If God, if we're crying out to God, God, I need you to move. I need you to do something. We, he doesn't call us to go wait in line. Uh, sorry, I'm dealing with Londonderry today. Sorry, I'm dealing with another denomination today. You're going to have to wait in line. And I'll get to you. Uh, I'm kind of busy around here. And uh, we don't have to wait for that. In the moment we need a miracle, you don't have to go to a pastor and, 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 you know, and wait for me. You don't have to um, wait for time for the church to be open or the building to be open because the resurrection power of Christ is in you. And so when you need God, he is there. When you need a miracle, he is there. And he he is there in his full power, able to do what only he can do. God is supernatural. His word supernatural, his church is supernatural. I can only see two things that uh, where God has any sort of limitation. As you begin to question, like, I don't think God can do anything for me. It's two things. One... God has no limitation except for his own character. So think about it this way. Uh, God is limited by his own character. He says he cannot lie. In his word, he says that he cannot lie, so he cannot do that. He's limited by his character. So, you know, that's different for me. I kind of lie all the time, honestly, too, too often. Football season, football season is about to start, and so people will come up to me and be like, hey, my favorite team is playing your favorite team. And then I'm like, yeah, may the best team win. Like, I don't mean that at all. I don't care if your team's better than mine. I don't want your team to win ever. And uh, at least not when it's playing my team. So, but God's not like that. He doesn't say stuff to us just to get us off his back or just to make us feel better or, you know, and he's like, um, you know, like, oh, there, there, my child, it'll be so good for you. And then he turns to the angels like, uh, you know, prepare heaven, this one's on the way. Like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't just, um, he doesn't just do that. He doesn't, that gives, he doesn't, 
try to encourage us just to get us to stop crying. You, you know, he cannot lie. So he, his, he's limited by his own character. Now this, for my friend, could help him to understand God because, you know, God will uh, never be in a place where he doesn't love you. So some of you are wrestling with that. Even today, you're like, I just don't think God loves me anymore. Listen, his character is love. He will never be in a place where he doesn't love you. But also, his character is, uh, in his character, he has to take care of sin. And so he can never get to the place where he just ignores sin. He always has to deal with that. It's not like, you know, if you got a three-year-old in your house, there, there's some days where you're like, I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that because I don't want to get off the couch and deal with this. Like, let's be honest, we, we've all done that before. But God, he, he can't go against his character to judge sin. And now all of a sudden, like, these dots are connecting. That is why he sent Jesus, that the wrath of God would be satisfied. So when he looks at me and he says, man, that Nate Gagney, he could look at me and say, that is a, that is a, 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 a sinful, uh, embarrassing man right there. But instead, he sees the righteousness of Christ on me. Because it's not what I'm able to do in the natural. In the natural, what did I do? I just said, Jesus, I've given you my whole heart, my whole life. And what does he do in the supernatural? He forgives me from every sin. He, he, he cleanses me. He puts his righteousness on me. And he gives me an eternal life that I could never, ever earn on my own. So... God, he's limited by that. But there's one other thing that limits God. And we read this in uh, Psalm 78. It says, yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. God is limited by his character, but this is, this is very key. He's limited by our expectations. If you don't expect God to move, you've limited. He's not going to move. If we have, as a church, don't expect him to move in our communities, don't expect him to, uh, to transform our friends, to transform our families, to transform our communities, we don't expect people to be drawn unto him. Uh, if we don't expect it, then he's limited by our expectation. When you come into a service and you think, well, the pastor's not going to have anything for me today. Uh, worship's not going to be good today. I don't even know why I keep going to this church. You know what happens? You're going to leave pretty soon because God's not going to move in your life, not when you, ha you have that expectation. But when you begin to expect him to do something, all of a sudden now he is able to do what only he can do. So we do something in the natural. We expect and then he does something supernatural. And our expectation, one, one church word we would use to describe this is faith. What is faith? Faith is an expectation. You're seeing something that hasn't happened yet. So in faith, we expect God to move in Londonderry, but not just in Londonderry. In this, in this next month, we're expecting him to move in every location. Michelle and I have been praying every night for Londonderry and for the Anthem series and just been praying, God, may there be people who've never known you. May they know you and experience you this series. That's what I want. That's what I want. You don't just want people showing up because the bands are really good. You want people showing up and walking out and saying, I met Jesus today. 
I know Jesus today, and that's what, we're, that's what I'm expecting, and I hope that's what you're expecting as well. Those friends who would never come, that they're going to come. Those family members who'd never be here, that they're going to be here. Those people in your community that you, 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 you didn't even know they were moved back in the area. They work with someone else here, and they bring them, and you're, you just like can't even believe everything that God, what God is doing. Um, that's what we could do in the natural, and we're just believing God is going to do the supernatural. Expect God to move. Expect lives to be transformed. Expect your friends to come. Expect sickness to be healed. Expect services to be filled. Expect your needs to be provided for. Expect to be baptized in the Spirit. Expect the favor of God to be poured out in your life. Expect the ability to be generous. Expect a softness in your heart toward God. Expect God to speak to you. Expect God to use you. You begin to expect that, just that, that shift in your mind to say, you know what, God is going to do something today. I don't know what it's going to be, but I expect God is going to move. And that, that shift and that thought in the natural begins to open up God, the ability to do the supernatural. If you want to close your eyes, I'm going to pray here in a moment, and then the band is going to uh, sing, and I'm going to ask you a question before I pray. And I want you to be thinking about this when the, when, while the band's singing here after I pray. What, what will we see as, as a supernatural church living out a supernatural word for a supernatural God? What will we see in the next week, in the weeks to come, in, in the years to come? What will we see if we expect, what would we see as a supernatural church, living and believing a supernatural word, serving and following a supernatural God, what will he do? Jesus, we, you know, we live for you. We honor you. We worship you. We thank you so much for what you did for us on the cross, how you um, hey, you defeated death, sin, the grave, and now we're able to stand before your Father God in your righteousness, in your good standing. Um, and we could have never, ever done that on our own, and we thank you for that. And all we want to do as a church, all we want to do as individuals is to help people to know you like, like we've known you, to experience you like we've had the ability to experience you. And we're going to do everything we can in the natural. We're going to take invitations and give them to our friends. We're going to serve in volunteer places. We're going to pray um, simple prayers to you. We're going to read our word and let you speak to us. Uh, we're just going to do what we can in the natural, and we just open our lives to you. Use us any way you want. Use our church, use us as individuals any way you want, that you could be made famous, that more people could experience and be loved by you. And, uh, man, we expect it to happen. In Jesus' name, we expect it to happen. Move, Lord God, in the ways only you can. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.